0: The Craft Food Classroom is a comprehensive and in-depth five-part online, go-at-your-own-pace course that will provide everything needed to build a thriving food business. Each module includes a video, presentation, workbook, and quiz. This course teaches students exactly what they need to know to succeed in the craft food industry and avoid pitfalls and costly mistakes. Learn more at thecentral.kitchen/classroom. And you can use Podcast21 at checkout for 10% off anytime. Again, that code is Podcast21 for 10% off. Welcome to the Physical Product Movement, a podcast by Fiddle. We share stories of the world's most ambitious and exciting physical product brands to help you capitalize on the monumental change in how, why, and where consumers buy. I'm your host, Ken Ojuka.
1: Hello,
2: everyone, and welcome. My name is Andy Burningham, and I am with Fiddle Inventory Management Software, and I'm excited to have a special guest with us today, we are going to put him on the hot seat and ask him three questions for any CPG brand or any contract manufacturer out there from his experience that he can share with you and help you in your business to be more successful. And I'd like to welcome my special guest, Dustin Finkel. Dustin, how are you, man? I appreciate
1: it. This is me, Andy, I like being on the hot seat, although I am standing, to be fair. I got to get the good <laughs> energy going. And then I like being special. So it's worked out. But I'm excited <laughs> to be here. And I think one of the great things that you're doing is trying to provide some valuable information to smaller brands as they're looking at co-manufacturing and other things. So I'm I'm hopefully we'll be a bit of help to these guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we will. I know Dustin, you and I have had a little bit of a history in the past, but I've just From what I've heard from your experiences and everything you've gone through to now be the CEO at Awakened Foods, a contract manufacturer, is amazing. It's an amazing story from where you've come from, you know, starting at Shark Tank, working your way up, (laughs) and now here you are today. So before we jump into the three burning questions that I have for you, Dustin, can you tell us a little bit about Awakened Foods?
1: Now, yeah, I appreciate it. So for those of you watching on the video, you can see Awakened Foods has Kapop as one of its brands, Bubba's Fine Foods and Awakened Food Crafters. And so what Awakened Foods is a combination of two amazing brands that, in our opinion, hit every major food trend out there, whether you're grain free or paleo or keto or ancient grain or whole grain. We literally hit everything. And as I always like to say, as we're vegan, non-GMO, top 12 allergen free, but not taste free. And so we (laughs) love to focus on taste because we believe that people should be able to eat clean, authentic food, but do it in an indulgent, delicious way. But the factor that's a bit unique about us is we added a manufacturing operation we call awakened Food Crafters. And not only do we manufacture our own products, we manufacture for retailers and other brands as well. And what's interesting about those other brands is some are actually in direct competition with myself as a brand, but I do a really nice job, I think, of wearing different hats. The one thing I'll say is the differentiation for the brands, as I mentioned, is that great taste, which should not be a differentiator. But I tell all of our potential clients the same thing about awakened Food Crafters. Our differentiator should not be the differentiator it is, but we're a partner. I don't think of your product coming through my machines and spitting out as many puffs or chips, or whatever is possible, I think about you as a brand. I've been in this industry for about 20 years, and I've seen all the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is unfortunately part of the case with the manufacturing world, and we wanna make sure that we're here as a support engine to you, whether you need advice on marketing, on branding, on manufacturing, we're here as a partner. Because the old saying goes, hey, guess what? If you sell more, I manufacture more, we both make more money. I think that's how business should work, but. You know. Right, right. Common sense there. I'll tell
2: you, I've I've met a lot of people on your staff. It's a great group of people. I love working with your company in the past. And I know that Awakens Foods, I could definitely endorse you guys. You guys are a great company. So well, let's jump into it. Again, I got three burning questions putting you on the hot seat here, the standing hot seat. So the first question, let's go back. I alluded to Shark Tank. You were on Shark Tank. And I know a lot of people that might be watching this video are a young brand, a young company. And what they need to do is they need a hustle and they're looking at raising capital um, from investors. So based on your experience, what advice would you give them as they're doing different rounds of fundraising?
1: I have this conversation quite a bit. And I think it's important to note that I come from an investment banking background. So finance is a core asset to me um, from an education and career perspective. But I also think it's the biggest gap that I find in companies that I am mentoring, I sit on the board of, or that I'm counseling for private equity companies, is there's a lack of financial wherewithal in these companies. So how did you come up with that forecast? Where did those numbers come from? What's driving your sales? What are the risks to your sales? How do you think about the growth and it's shocking when you see some of the models of these companies and it's very rudimentary straight line or hockey stick growth. Typically, there is not a number on my p and cash flow statement or balance sheet that probably I'm too far off the radar, but does not have three or four separate pages that dictate every single assumption and how every single idea that we're driving into our PL comes from. And I genuinely run my company with a P&L and cash flow mindset. Okay. Ultimately, it's a small company, that's all that matters. The P&L tells a story, right? Go down the P&L. The first line item is sales. There's a lot of stories in sales, right? The next line is trade. How do you think about discounting those sales? The next line, and I'm kind of being big buckets, but the next line is COGS, cost of goods sold. Yeah. Think about all the impacts to your cost of goods sold and the impact that has to your margin, your gross margin. Then there's gross margin versus net margin and marketing and distribution and ops and so on and so forth. But the point is, every line tells a story and can really dictate the success and health of that company. On the cash flow statement, you don't need a super robust cash flow statement. You don't need all the lines. Frankly, I use literally cash in, cash out. Okay, okay. Do I have enough cash to operate Mm -hmm. a business? And there's other things that are more important, but as a small company, you don't have time to be analyzing net asset returns and all these other crazy factors, Mm -hmm. right? keep it simple. And so long story short, I think the lack of financial understanding is a big hindrance. Mm. I've had a lot of success fundraising. I still hear more no's than yeses, but we've had a lot of success because I think people really trust my numbers. They know I'm wrong because my forecast is 100% wrong. So is everyone's forecast, (laughs) but they know the assumptions and the way I derive those numbers are come with a lot of due diligence and a lot of analytical thought.
2: Yeah. Good. No, that's very good. So would you say that it's important for somebody to, like if they don't know their financials very well, that they get somebody that can help them nail those financials for the round of investing
1: to get funds? The answer is probably simply is yes. I I would argue as a CEO of a company, you need to understand your numbers. You may not need to be able to do the modeling I can do and the crazy fun Excel tricks that I get geek out on and things (laughs) like that. But I will tell you, if you don't know your numbers, you should know your numbers as well as anybody in the company. Now I'm not talking at the the three levels down, but you should really understand the key drivers, those buckets I just talked about, right? Sales, cogs, distribution, things like that. You should understand what's driving that because at the stages of companies like mine and others, those are the deal breakers for a company. And again, it tells a story. And so, yes, you if you do not a model and you need support there, there's plenty of outsourced CFO groups or accounting groups, and yeah. absolutely use those. But you better understand those numbers, because if you're on stage, whether it's one-on-one with an investor or in front of Shark Tank, you, know, you need to know that. And if you watch my Shark Tank episode, I got a lot of credit for really knowing my business. Yeah. And I think that really differentiated me, because I could talk you ask me any question about my business, and I know the answer and that holds true to today and i 'm not going on shark tank tomorrow as far as I know no that sounds great no that's great advice, no, thank you for that so.
2: Question number two, that I want to ask. So when brands are scaling and they're looking for a contract manufacturer like you, what are some critical items? Because a lot of these brands, they're young, they might feel like they're being slighted by a big player that's bringing in a lot of volume to this contract manufacturer. So what can they do to get more credibility with their contract manufacturers and gain, gain some traction? That's
1: a great question. And I hear that quite a bit. And I dealt with it myself. I mean, candidly, I came into starting my own company a bit differently than most. I'd had 15 plus years of experience and had all these great background that I thought would, you know, jump me to the top of the line. And I still dealt with a lot of those issues. I think here's the reality. It's not pretty, but it's the reality is that co-man space has consolidated quite a bit. And it is very hard for small companies to get commands to pay attention to them. That's first and foremost. And that's part of the reason we created Awaken Food Crafters is because I believe there's a white space to service these smaller companies. Not only the big companies, but the small companies as well. That's number one. Number two is you don't have to start at a command, right? A lot of companies start in commercial kitchens or they'll start in shared spaces. What's another way you can kind of get off the ground and bootstrap your way to growth? Now, there's companies like me though, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go big or go home. I yeah. wanted to go fast. And so when I went out there, is I didn't just cold call. I, I physically went out to all the events, the PLMA shows, the Private Label Manufacturing Association, to Expo, to Expo West, to all these events, and kept showing myself that I was a legitimate potential for them. Because there's nothing like being in front of someone saying, okay, say no to me in my, to my face yeah. because I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and why you should take a shot on me. And that really, believe it or not, works. It kind of goes back to that raising the money piece is being out there in front. I'll jump back to that for one second, because this works with commands. Also, is I would do this thing where I would say, hey, I'm going to be in Cincinnati tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Can, I have another meeting and I set up half an hour of your time since I'm going to be there anyway. Yeah. And more people are likely to say yes to that than if you're like, hey, can we book a time? and I can come out. They don't really do that. They would say yes, and then I would book a flight to Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) And same with Coman. So you're putting a face to the name. The second thing I would say is they want to see some capitalization. Hmm. So I don't need to see all your books, but I want to get a sense that you have, you're ready to spend some money behind this investment. Not not with me necessarily, but I don't want to invest all this energy, effort, and time in getting you up uh, started, going and then you die six months later. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have the right capitalization. Do you understand what you're doing? And half the companies I talk to, honestly, I give them counsel and like, here's what I would do for the next six months, even if it's not with me, because right. it's going to set you up better for success. And hopefully you remember that advice I gave you in six months. <laughs> and you come back to me. The third thing, and I've heard this from a lot of other co-mans as well, is the amount of clients that come and don't know or have any idea how their product's made. Wow. Wow. And whether it's you don't know how it's made, you don't know the process, you don't know the specs, and some issues become because you've had a prior co-man who didn't share that all with you. But you really need to know, no different than your finances, how your product is made. You need to be the expert, or at least have someone there that really is the expert. Because if you don't know how the product's made, how am I going to know how the product's made? Unless you're starting from scratch and we're doing R&D, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, but. If you have a product and you're like, hey, I got this great product, I want to work with you, what machines is it made on? I don't know. How is it, you know, <laughs> what are the specs? I don't know. And that's one I haven't seen as much personally, but I've heard a lot of feedback from other leaders in the coman space. That's an issue that they deal okay. with quite frequently sure. Sure. because they had an R&D firm build it. Then the R&D firm worked with a coman, and now they're trying to find a new coman, and they genuinely have no idea. It's like, oh, it's a cookie. Yeah. Okay. some other things that I see that can really help is make sure that you find people that can validate the concept for you. Mm -hmm. And so that can be names of investors. You know, names go a long way, like, hey, X person's involved or this person behind the company or here's how I'm going to validate this in market. What are other ways you can demonstrate validation to the co-manufacturer so that we're not wasting our time and you're not wasting your time either? So those are the three or four big things that I would focus on. Ultimately, though, here's what I would say. If you have a call with a co-manufacturer and they treat you poorly in the beginning, Mm. they're not going to get better. (laughs) <laughs> if a co-man says, hey, look, I had plenty of these conversations that were great, but in the end, they're like, yeah, know, you're too small or you don't have enough volume. Okay, I can respect that's frustrating, but at least they treated me with respect. Yes. If they start poorly, they're going to end poorly. And I would be cognizant because I think there is a little bit of arrogance in the co-manufacturing space because of the consolidation and the lack of capacity that's out there in the marketplace. And ultimately, that's going to change. And hopefully the ones that did it right will win like yeah. Awaken Foods, for instance. There you go.
2: <laughs> well, listen, I, I think there's so much to take away from what you just said. And I just want everyone, whoever's watching this to know that, Like, I know from your personal experience, and we've talked offline about this, that is a big issue. And you have experienced that pain in your career with Previous in a previous life, if you will, and this is how we're at where we are today with Awakened Foods. And
1: yeah, great information that you shared. It's interesting, Andy. And I hesitate to say this, but I will. Yeah. Referring to what you're referring to, the struggles I went through with co manufacturing, I thought my struggles were really bad and was tough. And what's horrifying to me, honestly, is how many clients I talk to. Mm-hmm. from multiple co-manufacturers that share similar stories. Yeah. I mean, it's not always the case. And by sure. no means is it always the case. But I hear it more than I should. And it's yeah. definitely disheartening because I I do try and live by the business golden rule at least. And yeah. Yeah. you know, I want people to treat me with the way I want to treat them and ultimately we work together. And so yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm going to mess up as a co-man. There's no doubt about it. I will mess up. Something will break, something won't work, we're going to miss something. But I also guarantee you I'll do everything in my power to make it right for you. Yeah, yeah so. that's awesome. No, I appreciate that. Transparency is
2: huge, I think. Yeah. Listen, last question, and then you're off the hot seat. and that is so let's say somebody, you know, a young CPG brand, or it really anyone, you could be the contract manufacturer, you could be a CPG brand. What makes a good partnership then? if they're together, like what are some of those things that makes them clicking on all cylinders? Business is good. What is something that they can do to form a great partnership?
1: Yeah, I'm going to probably use some cliches to start, and then we'll kind of (laughs) dive in a bit. But the one, the biggest one, and in fact, it's true, no matter what you're doing, is communication. And one thing we need to do a better job of as a co-manufacturing is help other people understand the pressures and challenges we're going through. Not because you care necessarily, but because like anything else. You don't know until you walk in someone else's shoes. And so until I ran my own co-manufacturer, there are certainly issues I was not completely aware of. Right? And I think being very transparent to those. And that's why I talk about the mistakes. And yeah. I know I'm going to screw something up, but yeah. we're going to try and fix it. And then on the flip side, as the brand trying to be open and transparent. Now, the reason brands are hesitant to do that is they fear the ramifications of that oh, I'm not gonna produce this much, or this is gonna happen, what are they gonna think? Are they gonna drop me as a client? And I, th- I get that challenge and that fear. But again, if you can establish a really good relationship, hopefully you'll work through some of those issues. Yeah. But the third is being a good partner, or the second, I don't know where I'm at, but being a good partner. And that goes back to communication, but also realizing that you aren't the only client, but I know that you care only about your brand. So how right. do we work within that? How do we be successful together? Because I have to manage the manufacturer, not only for the kapop and bubba's that we produce, but all these other clients. I, I wrote some notes down, this one, but I think it's funny, it's find a good co-man to start. Yes, it, yes. I laugh at rereading my notes on that, but you know the reality is, honestly, that does save a lot of problems because I was in this boat and I know somebody else, you are almost desperate. You have the idea, you have the concept, you may have raised the money, you wanna go, and so many people are saying no they won't talk to you and you find someone's willing to talk to you and you're like let's go yeah and you ignore the red flags and i think i get it maybe that's okay you learn you live you learn and you move on but at the same time i think you can avoid a lot of stress and pain if you spend a little bit longer up front making sure yeah. that who you're going to work with is a good partner and i respect that as a co-man and i would i think vice versa the the final one i would say is contracts I will give my little soapbox speech about contracts. I wish, I genuinely wish the world was a handshake agreement world. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, and I tell people this, it's like, Andy, let's say you and I do a deal. I trust you, you trust me, we could probably do a handshake. The problem is we're in the real world and I might get hit by a bus and now you're dealing with Bob, the new guy, or you leave and I got to deal with somebody else. And the reality is that's where contracts come into play, number one, because it does clarify when different players are involved. And the other time contracts come in, unfortunately, when's the only other time you, when's the only time you really look at a contract, when things are going bad. Yeah. (laughs) right. And so it does define the scope and it helps ensure that if things go bad, you can kind of try and work through those effectively. And so I do try and create really strong contracts to make sure that everyone's in agreement because we've talked a lot about the deal. I might say, I'm gonna produce this, and it's gonna do this, Now we have it on paper. You read this. You're clear. I read this. I'm clear. Okay, we're on the same page. Let's go do it. Doesn't mean I'm going to hold you to the 10-day X, Y, and Z necessarily. Right, right. But it's more about are we on the same page moving forward? Do we feel the same way about the world going forward? Um, That's where I would spend some time making sure you feel good about those contracts.
2: And I think to your point earlier is that if you feel desperate, that could be an easy step to overlook. Hey, where do I sign? Let's just get this done. I have my product, there's buyers lining up. So we need to get this out the door. So you're right. I mean, that's something that needs to be very clear from the onset so that you're both in the same page moving forward. So.
1: Yeah, great. It's another red flag. I have my contract, and I probably shouldn't say this. Everything's negotiable to a point. I may get to a line that I don't want to change, and vice versa. Sure. But if the contract manufacturer is not willing to have discussions about things that are important to you, probably a pretty big red flag. I might, I, I could have a conversation with you and not agree. That's different. Right. But right. if they're like, this is the way it is, this is it's like the Apple contract. Yeah. You sign away your firstborn, and you're like, ah, yeah. oh, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, it, there should be a relationship started from day one. And I do that whether you're startup mom and pop, I will have a conversation on my contract, mm-hmm. to literally big Fortune 100 CPGs and everything in between. Because what's important to you is different than what's important to a different client. And my generic contract is definitely not going to solve everyone's problem one size fits all.
2: Yeah. That is a great point and uh, a great way to end this segment. Thank you so much, Dustin, for your time, sharing your knowledge and your experience. Excited to see where Awakened Food goes from here. Check them out. Check them out. They're a great company, great contract manufacturer. Also, any questions about inventory software, check out Fiddle. I appreciate you watching this and uh, hope you have a good one. Thanks.
0: The Physical Product Movement Podcast is brought to you by Fiddle. To find out more about Fiddle and how our industry leading inventory ops platform is giving modern brands and manufacturers full visibility into their inventory and operations, visit fiddle.io. And then make sure to search for physical product movement in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Fiddle, Thanks for listening.
2: Hey everyone, my name is Taylor Howe, and I'm the marketing manager here at Fiddle. I want to jump on real quick to tell you about an incredible free resource that we put together for CPG brands. It's called Fiddle Connect, it's a curated database of over 3,000 co-packers and suppliers. You'll get websites, phone numbers, locations, categories, and more all in one place. It's a must-have for any CPG brand, especially in the food, beverage, or nutraceutical space. And again, it's 100% free. To get immediate access, just go to fiddle.io forward slash connect. We are constantly updating the database and we promise you're going to love it. It'll save you time and headaches by helping you get to suppliers and co-packers faster than ever. So again, just go to fiddle.io forward slash connect to get free access today.